Well, open your Bibles to Ephesians 5. In verse 15 and 16, and let's look at it in the NIV, if that's okay. It'll sound better when I read it if you do. Actually, I could read that one in the King James. But uh, actually, it, it, it says something a little different. i tell you what, show in the King James at first so everybody will have a good understanding of it. It says, see then that you walk cir- circumspectly. How many have used that word today? No hands? Okay. I have not used that word today either. But now I have. So see, see, that, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Purchasing back the time. Let's look at it at the NIV now. NIV, verse 15. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. 16. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How many know that God, every day of our life, gives us opportunities? This isn't just chances. This is opportunities. A chance, that's something just happened upon and all of a sudden there it was. An opportunity is a God-given thing for you to get involved in, for you to overcome, for you to, be in, for you to help, for you to fix, for you to pray, for you to, who knows what, to, to do whatever. Get your chainsaw out. Amen. How many know that when the, when the quick response team went out, that was a God-given opportunity? The devil tried to mess some stuff up. God made an opportunity for His people to walk out and love people. Right? Amen? And there's an opportunity. And, and that is redeeming the time. But it's making the most of every opportunity. Amen? And we don't want to miss an opportunity that put God puts before us. Many of us have missed opportunities because we've been so busy with our faith all backed up on ourselves. I need this. i got to have that. Um, if I if I were just had this, I could do that, and and you're and you're passing by all your opportunities while you're saying that, you know. If if uh, if I had a bigger house, if my marriage were better, if uh, if I had more money, um, if I knew more word, if I if I if I, how do you spell that? I F I, I don't know. <clears throat> but how many people are passing up opportunities, waiting? On, a, on the perfect situation, and God's got opportunities all along the way. And so we want to learn how not to miss our opportunities because our opportunities are out there to serve God. And, and His opportunities and His tests, the things that He puts before you, they're never designed for us to fail. No. You know, a lot of people say, Ah, oh, Lord's testing me. I hope I don't fail. The Lord's testing you because you can't, you, if you'll trust Him, you won't fail. Amen? You have it. When he, when he rained manna out of the sky, He did not want them to fail that test. He did, he, he did it so God does everything with success in mind. He has more faith in you than you have in you. He knows more about what's in your heart than you know. If He says you can do it, you'll say, Oh God, I can't do that. Oh, oh God, I can't do that. And God says, Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, I know what's in you, son. You can do it. And that's the God we serve. And He puts these opportunities to, to succeed before us in our own lives, in other people's lives. His tests are made to pass. Amen? But He is, he, he is not a God of B, C, and D. How many, how many C students did I have? No, don't raise your hand. I was a C student, by the way. I'll raise mine. God doesn't give C's and D's and, and B's. You either pass... Or you fail, and he'll give you another chance to pass. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He doesn't. Have, he doesn't do B, C, or D. Mm-mm. It'd be nice if he did, but that's what a lot of Christians want. They want to be the C student. Why? Because it's easy. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything special. You just walk. And I mean, I. I never. I. Here's how my high school career went. Here's your books, and here's your locker. And I went and got my books, and I took them to my locker, and I never saw them again the whole year. 
and I passed. I never did homework. What, is there any kids in here? Do not be me. That is not the way to be. I'm just telling you, that's what I did. And I was an average or less student. Amen? And, 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 that's, not the, and you don't, that's not the way God wants it. If you really think about it, why did He take people like Paul you know, and when he was Saul? Saul was a horrible person, but he was zealous for whatever he did. He was an A student at being mean. Amen? He was an A student at doing what he felt like was truly God. And, and so God said, I can use that heart if I can turn it towards me. He's not looking for C students. He's not looking for a C student. C students aren't doing the things He wants you to do. Amen? C students aren't excited about the things of God. I was not excited about the things of school. I wasn't. I was never excited except for I loved to go and see the people. I never missed a day of school because it was a social club. Amen? God's not looking for C students. Look at the Revelation 3. <clears throat> Revelation 3. C students won't look for opportunities. They're looking for opportunities to pass them by. <laughs> Amen. You want to do this? No, I'm busy laying on the couch. You want to do this? i got to sit in my hammock sometime today. <laughs> See, students aren't looking for much, okay? And I know, I was, I was a pro, proficient C student. Amen. Glory to God. I thank God that when He finally got me back where I was supposed to be, I couldn't settle for less. <clears throat> for less. I could not settle for being a C student in the Word of God. Um, I began, when I came back to God... I began teaching five and four and five Bible studies a week with Rick and could not get enough. We, I'd go home and call him after that and we'd talk about the Bible for a couple more hours then. Right? Because I couldn't be a C student anymore. I needed to know everything I could know and serve him with all my heart. That's who he's looking for. Amen? Revelation 3 verse 15 says, I know your works. He's talking to the church at Laodicea, Right? Is that how you say that? Or Laodicea? I call it Laodicea. And there are Laodiceans in Laodicea. Amen? So that's who we're talking about. And he said, I know your works. And it was interesting to note that all the other churches, he knew their works and they had some good ones. But this one, he didn't mention all their good ones. He said, I know your works, that you're neither hot, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because thou art, <laughs> King James, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. God does not like C students. Amen? They weren't cold. They weren't hot. Right? Well, what, what's that mean? They weren't doing anything. They weren't passing. So, they weren't doing nothing. Right? God doesn't like C students. He doesn't like lukewarm. Amen? None of their works made any difference. Why? They weren't doing them in love. Right? Lukewarm's not love. Lukewarm doesn't really care. It's just trying to get it done. Right? Okay. Anybody ever had a lukewarm heart? Okay. When I go mow the yard, let's, let's look at it this way. If you go see me mow the yard, I am very, very lukewarm because I do not care about the yard at all. And I do not care to mow. Okay? And what it looks like when I'm done? It's done. <laughs> Amen? Right? That's what, that's what lukewarm is looking for. It's something you got to do, so there it is. That, that's the best you're going to get. There it is. Is that good enough? Because that's what I got in my heart. That's lukewarm. And you know what? If, if I'd mowed your yard that way, you'd have said, I wish you would have been hot or cold. Because if you'd have been cold, I wouldn't even let you over here. If you'd have been hot, you'd have done a good job. But instead, I got this. And now i got to go mow it myself. Right? Does that make it make more sense to you guys? That's lukewarm. That's a lukewarm heart. 
if you're doing that for God, if you're doing the things of God with a lukewarm heart, then you're not doing a good job at them. You're doing them because you have to. The Bible says so. I want to be obedient. Um, this is how everyone else does it. You could have a thousand reasons. Well, I, got, I have needs. i got to give. Same thing we just talked about. But you're not, your acts are not being prompted by love because you've got a lukewarm heart. Amen? And, 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 it's not, and, and the value to God, He would rather not even have it. He didn't even recognize their works. He didn't even recognize them. He didn't say, I know your works, you did this, you did this, and you did this, but you were lukewarm. He said, I know your works, you were lukewarm. He didn't, you know, the other churches, he said, I know your works, you did this, and, and this was okay, and I have this against you. This church, he didn't even say that. Why? Because lukewarm isn't good for him. Amen? He's looking for somebody on fire. Because somebody on fire is looking for an opportunity to serve the Lord. Amen? They don't need to be in church. They're looking for an opportunity to serve the Lord. They don't need to be near another Christian. They're looking for an opportunity to serve the Lord. They don't care where their job is. They're going to serve the Lord. Amen? They're looking for an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus every chance they get. That's what a, that is what a Christian that loves the Lord, that's on fire and excited about the things of God, is doing. Amen? It's not just about serving in the church either. People say, oh yeah, i got to get on a team of church. Yeah, you need to get on a team of church. But you got a whole life full of opportunities every day. When you wake up in the morning and you go to your place of work, there's people that aren't saved there. There's people that are saved that don't know God's good. Amen? And God will give you an opportunity to show them the goodness of God. He loves every one of them, the ones that aren't saved, the ones that are saved and are blaming Him for things, and He'll give you a way to show them. And it may never, it, you know, it won't be in a word of prophecy, oh, i got a word for you, brother. You know what? They're not going to listen to you. They're going to run away from you. Amen? They're looking for somebody that's come up to them and say, hey, oh man, I, I was in your situation. I've been there. And I've seen the goodness of God deliver. And I know He'll deliver you because He delivered me. Yes. And He's no respecter of persons and He loves you. And, and, a, and, a, and a hot Christian, an on-fire-for-God Christian, one that wants to pass, one that wants to succeed, He's making the most of every opportunity. He's not just walking around hoping somebody will come to Him. He is waiting to happen. Amen? That's what we need to be, waiting to happen. Everywhere we go, we're waiting to happen. Amen? It's a good way to be. You're in the mall. You're just waiting. I know I'm here and I know there's opportunities. Just show me, God, because I'm waiting to happen right now. I am waiting to happen. And I'm not talking about being weird. I'm not talking about laying hands on people in the middle of the mall and scaring 2,000 people and helping one. What, what if all you did is somebody dropped something, you picked it up and smiled at them? What if, what if a waitress having a bad day and you gave them an extra 20? That's an opportunity. Sometimes we get so lost in, in this big spiritual idea that we forget that, that we're missing all the true opportunities that God's truly putting before us. He's putting people in our path to love. Amen? And, and we're finding excuses, and, we're, and, and, and actually, many times we're not even having to look for excuses because we're not waiting to happen. Amen? We're waiting to happen. If there's an opportunity, here we are. We were, just, we were just waiting on you. We knew you were coming. You're an opportunity. God sent me out waiting on an opportunity. When you wake up in the morning, you are the devil's worst nightmare. Why? Because you're just waiting to love somebody. Not, not because you're, you're going to pray or anything else. You're going to love someone. You know what he hates worse than anything else? Is people loving each other. Why? It's the only thing that has a 0% fail ratio. Faith can fail. Jesus said it. Ooh, boy, it got quiet. He prayed for Peter, right? And he said, I pray that your faith fails not. That means it must have a failure ratio. Love cannot. And faith, brought on by love, working through love, loses its failure ratio. Amen? What's it say? Faith works by love. 
Amen? Everybody's with me? We're waiting to happen, right? We have to be excited about the things of God and be waiting to happen everywhere we go. Let's look at, let's look at some people that were waiting to happen and some people that weren't. Let's look at Luke 10. <clears throat> no half-hearted Christians in here, right? Committed Christians. Not should be committed. We've got to watch that. There's too many people out there making God look bad just... You know, they're, they're doing weird things. And if you're doing weird things, that ain't God. People say, well, He healed people and they got blind. See, that ain't weird. I'm talking about spooky. You know? Oh, I hear the Word of the Lord, brother. Okay, I'm going to go away from that. I'll go over here. Here's what I hear. You need a hug. Right? Oh, you're twenty dollars short. Okay, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Your kid, your kids, what? Oh, let's hook our faith. Yes. What? Your family's got this going on. Oh, let, let's let's believe God together. Huh? Not, not what in the world did you do to get in such bad trouble? God can't even help you. You must be sinning like a wild man. How many people you reckon that helps? Man, that didn't even help me saying it. Sound <laughs> like one of Job's friends. <laughs> Job and all his min- all his misery wouldn't even agree with him. Thank God he didn't, huh? Luke ten verse thirty. Jesus answering said, "There was a certain man, hmm. not just any man, a certain man. This man woke up with a plan. God said, this is a certain man.'" went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and, his, and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. 31. And by chance there came down a certain priest. A certain priest. Not any priest, this priest. Certain priest. I believe this priest was supposed to be there. Amen? The says, well, that's a parable. Well, it's a parable Jesus told, so he's saying this certain priest. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Opportunity missed. Amen? It was God, God lo- you know what? He knew this, this is a priest. He has the ability to display the love of God to people. Amen? He's somebody in the Old Testament that stood in the gap for him. Amen? He has the ability to love people. This was his opportunity. He didn't pass by there by accident. Right? right? This was his opportunity. And he missed it. Why? Well, I'm the priest. I got bigger business than this. I got things going on. I'm the priest. You know what? I don't have to do this. You know, we'll leave this for other people. <laughs> Well, somebody else will stop and help them. <laughs> you ever seen anybody on the road? You got that little unction in you? You should stop. Well, I'm already a mile past. Somebody else will stop and help them. <laughs> you guys haven't done that. I have done that. <laughs> I've told you the story about the person I got mad at because not only were they in the road, they were in my way and blocking me from getting to church, the Bible study. And I'm like, what, what in the world are you doing driving in this, that old jalopy, breaking down? I got to get out and get to Bible study. Man, I pulled, pulled around them. I got to get to Bible study. Teach people the Word of God. <laughs> God arrested me. He didn't just stop me. He said, what? You go back and help that lady. And man, I went back. I did. I turned around. I said, oh, I, I missed it. Opportunity. How many people have been in line in the grocery store? person in front of them had to take something back. Opportunity. Where was your wallet? Well, brother, I was there, but I was going to have to take something back myself. You should have took six things back and bought there five. Amen. 
Opportunity. You're nowhere by accident. Opportunity. God is putting opportunities before us every day. Everybody's saying, how's he know that? Done that too. I remember going to the grocery store with the calculator. <laughs> oh, we can't have the potato sticks? I love those. You're taking back the little Debbies? Take the green beans back. Get the little Debbies. <laughs> Hoping some good Christian will come up behind us and pay for the little Debbies. <laughs> Glory to God. The, the certain priest missed his opportunity. Amen? Likewise, verse 32, a Levite, a servant, a deacon, an usher, a servant, a person that serves. Likewise, when he was at the place, what, the place where the man was? Went and saw him? No, he didn't went and saw him. He came and looked on him. At least he went over him. The other guy passed by him. This guy, he, at least he went and looked on him. And then he, oh, no, I can't do that. Don't have time for that. i got to go serve at the church. They're waiting on me to light the candles. i got to get things ready for the priest. Right? Besides that, what kind of sin must this man be in that he got robbed, stripped of his clothes, and, and just left there for dead. He is in major sin. Or this would not have happened to him. How many people has that ever helped? Have you ever been helped when you were in trouble and somebody said, you shouldn't be sinning? Huh? That, that and you don't have enough faith are the two greatest discouragers of people in the whole universe. If you think about saying that, shut your mouth right then. Right? That's a good time to be quiet. If you weren't in so much sin, God would heal you. If you, if you didn't sin so much, you wouldn't have got robbed on the way down to Jericho. <laughs> I need mercy, do you? I'm going to sow some. <laughs> I don't care if he did sin, and that's when he. I don't care if he, when he woke up, God said, "Don't go on the road to Jericho today." And he completely overrode it, and this still happened to him. I still want mercy. I don't want to tell him, you know, you heard from God this morning, young man, and you shouldn't be here. That ain't going to help him now, is it? He's laying half dead on the road. You know how much that helped him? Nada. Right. So this, this Levite, he went on by. But a certain Samaritan, another certain person, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, what? Loved him. Acted in love towards him. What did these other two not do? They didn't even look for love. They didn't even try to find love. They found reasons not to love. How many know there is never a reason not to love? How many days do you reckon God wakes up and says, Love is going to take a break today? It can't happen because once God wakes up, love is up. Of course, God never sleeps, so love's always up. That's why love never fails, right? Amen? How many know? That when love came on the scene, things began to change. And how many know that this changed this Samaritan's life more than it changed the life of this man? When we choose to take the opportunities God puts before us and we act in the love that's within us, then we not only change the life of the person that we're acting towards, but it changes us inside. Every time we take the opportunity to walk in the love God's put in us, it changes us a little bit more. We grow just a little bit bigger. We get just a little bit greater in faith, in grace, in love. And, and, and it excites us. You want to stir yourself up? Go out and do something for somebody. Don't look for something to do in the church. Go do something for somebody. I'm not, I'm not preaching against service teams. Come help clean. For sure come help mow. Come help do all those things. But when you're not here, 
It's not time to quit serving. That's the time you take what you did here and go out and show it to the world. Amen? Well, that's what the Levites said. Well, if he'd have been in church, maybe he could get healed. If he, you know, if he could, if we could just get him to the church, they didn't say nothing. They just passed by him. No love. The, the Samaritan had compassion on him. He decided to love him, and it changed his life. But you know what? The Samaritan was waiting to happen. How do you know? Well, what did he do? He put bandages on him. He put oil on him. He had the equipment to fix him up. He was waiting to happen. Right? If you're waiting to happen, you'll be prepared to happen. Amen? How many, how many either have or are believing for a peel-off roll? Everybody know what a peel-off roll is. Brother Moore talks about them. That's where you peel off a couple hundred dollar bills and say, there you go, brother, you're going to need that today. Huh? How many are believing for ability? How many have ability that you're not using? If you're believing for ability, find the ability you're not using right now and begin using it, and the other ability will come in. Amen? There's always something we can be doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many know there are soup kitchens in southwest Missouri? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. And they'll let you volunteer anytime you want. <laughs> the fact is, I would venture to say they're looking for volunteers. Amen. I'm not saying just go do them. Pray. Find out where you're supposed to go happen tomorrow. Go tonight. You're going to go happen somewhere. Go happen where God tells you to. Yes. Amen? You can't come to the church every day. Besides that, most people in here are saved. We've been listening to the goodness of God for ten years. Amen? Say, well, yeah, brother, I know, but I'm still hurting. Maybe you need to go out and help somebody. Well, if I just weren't hurting so bad, I would. Maybe you need to go out and help somebody. Well, but I don't have any money. Maybe you need to go out and help somebody. Glory to God. He'll show us where to happen if we'll just go. Jesus went to happen every day of His life. He, he, he went and happened so much that all the books in all the world wouldn't hold everything He did. He never missed an opportunity. Ever. And then He took the opportunity to go up on a cross for you and me. And He took the opportunity to go to hell for you and me. He took the opportunity to take my sin, my shame. He took the opportunity... To love me. And he never missed one. He was going to happen. Amen? Oh, he's a good Jesus. Amen? Let's look at somebody who wasn't a Samaritan. Mark 10. Mark 10. Are we talking about a lukewarm church sometimes? Let's look at this one. Mark 10, verse, uh, starting verse 19. This is the rich young ruler. This is the rich young ruler, man. He's excited right now. He runs up to Jesus. We've heard Brother Moore talk about it. He runs up to Him. He's excited. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says in verse 19, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. Man, he's, he's happy now. He's happy now. Why? He's done all these. He was obedient. It says, He answered and said unto him, Master, I've, done all, I've, I've observed all these from my youth. Good boy. He's a good kid, right? Everybody say, now there is a good kid. Right? He, he's, done, he's followed all the commandments. Lukewarm. Anybody can follow rules. Can you do it in love? Can you do it because you love the Lord? Let's see if he did it because you love the Lord. Let's see what Jesus told him then. Verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. There's that love in him again. That's what Jesus did. Beholding him, loved him, and said, One thing you lack. Go your way. 
Sell whatever you have. Give to the poor. Did he say give it all to the poor? Or did he say give to the poor? And I, I don't know. The implication is if he gave all to the poor, he still couldn't have outgave God. So I don't know that. But it doesn't say that he gave all. It just says give to the poor. It says sell all you have, give to the poor. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And opportunity coming. Here comes opportunity. He, he was looking for an opportunity when he started. Right? There's lots of people looking for an opportunity when they start until they hear the opportunity they're going to get. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've looked for a lot of opportunities and somebody told me what it was. I'm like, hmm, that, that doesn't sound like God. <laughs> what did he say to him? He said, then go work on the clean team. Yeah. Oh, that's not my call. Oh, go park cars. Oh, I bet the bum knee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you be an usher? I don't really like people. I've had people tell me that. Like, hmm, maybe you should just sit for a while. <laughs> Take up your cross and follow me. Oh, it's going to require something of me. Not just obeying rules. It's going to take my time. It's going to take my effort. It's going to take me taking the opportunity to be who you created me to be. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, I'm not called to help people. I'm just called to preach. If you got something on the platform, you know, I can pray. I can pray. Do you have a closet I can go into? I can pray all day long. Maybe there was something he could have told him. And, you know, it was the money that he counted on. And it was, that, was that, that is why he couldn't do it. He couldn't part with his other master. His commitment level only went as far as his true zeal. He was very zealous when he ran up there. But his true zeal was, was identified by his commitment level when Jesus said, Sell it and come with me. Come on. Sell it. Come on. Let's go. Right? Twelve other guys did exactly that. Right? He got the same opportunity. He couldn't do it. What would hold you back? What would hold me back? Hmm? I remember several times here in this church, I was asked, time to do this. Like, ooh. I'm sure that I walked away sad like he did. <laughs> it wasn't because I had great wealth. It was because I didn't think I wanted to do that. <laughs> you know, you can say he had great wealth or he didn't want to do it. They're both the same thing. He just had great wealth and didn't want to do it. And I've been asked to do things and I'm like, I'd go home and I'd go, Kim, I don't, I don't know if that's what I'm called to do. And I could hear the voice behind me saying, "Yeah, right. You know, you know your spirit. You're trying to you're trying to con God. He's the one that told you to do it. You can't con God. You're trying, and you're not going to talk him out of what he's out of the opportunity he's given you. Why? Because it's your opportunity to succeed. He's never going to take an opportunity to succeed away from you, ever, ever." Why? Because it's your answer. It's where you need to be. It's where you need to go. It's what you need to do. No matter how hard it looks, well, I don't like ministry. You know, you've got to deal with people all the time and problems. and I don't want to do that. You're going to do that anyway. <laughs> right? I owned businesses in the world. You know what I did? I dealt with people and problems. At least now I can help them. Right? <laughs> We can be that opportunity. We don't have to be the rich young ruler. Well, I'm wadding up my notes here now. How will I find them again? Every opportunity that we receive will not hit our flesh just right. In fact is, 99.999% of the time, you're not going to like it at all. You know why Paul said, I make no provision for the flesh? Because he wouldn't have went to Jerusalem where beatings awaited him. 
He wouldn't have went where he was going to jail. He wouldn't have went on a boat that was going to... He, if he had to make no provision for the flesh. He knew what was going to happen and did it anyway. Why? It was his opportunity. And if we make provision for our flesh, it won't take the opportunity. Why? It likes to sit on the couch and eat chocolate and watch TV. And be taken care of. And petted. And then, if it does take an opportunity and you don't tell it how good it did, it'll never take another one. You just—you did so good at that. I am so happy. I've never had it done that good before in my life. Now I'll do it again. But then you do it again and they, they go, well, I'll never do that if that's all the appreciation I'm going to get out of it. Is that what we're looking for, is appreciation? (laughs) If you do anything for the one that went to hell for you... Okay, everybody doesn't believe that. If you do anything for the one that died on a cross and took your sins for you, do you need to be appreciated? Or do you do it out of appreciation? Glory to God. Hmm? Luke 14. I like this. I'm learning. I'm, I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to pass more tests. I'm going to find more opportunities. Amen? I'm getting excited. You guys getting excited? If not, just look at me get excited and be happy for me, okay? Because if you'll at least be happy for me, there's got to be some reward for that. Luke 14, verse 26. This is, a, this is a popular verse. Everybody likes to read it. And whoever does not bear his cross. What's your cross? What did Jesus do? Why did He go on the cross? For you and for me. So what's He saying? What, what cross are you going to bear? It's going to be for somebody else. Everybody says, ah, it's just my lot in life. That's my cross to bear. No, you're people. It's people. It's people. Amen? It's people. That's your cross to bear. He did it gladly. What's it say in Hebrews? Joyfully endured the cross. Right? Guys, don't get quiet on me. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What's he saying? He's saying, you can't be my disciple. Why? You won't be with him. People say, ah, that's really mean not being able to be his disciple. You won't be where he's at. How are you going to be his disciple? (laughs) It, It only really makes natural sense. If he goes there and you go there, you're not going to be with him. Right? What he's saying is to be with me, you've got to be with me. Right? He says you've got to count the cost. You've got to look at it. Right? You guys with me? Verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower doesn't sit down first and count the cost? Not just the cost of how much it will take to build it. The time. The effort. Amen? Not, not just the cost. Am I going to be able, you know, is my family going to be in? You know, I got family. I don't know if I got time to build this. Uh, you know, I got this. And we got Christians doing that all the time. And when, by the time they've counted their cost, they've talked their stuff out of every opportunity God would have ever given them. Right? He's saying you should count the cost because he doesn't want you to get out there and be lukewarm. What do lukewarm people do? They start and they don't finish. Right? Count the cost. Do, you, do we have sufficient to finish it? Do you have enough time? Is, is, this, is this fit into your schedule? <laughs> and happily, if he doesn't, he'll still lay the foundation and he's not able to finish it and people will laugh at him. That's what happens when Christians start something and they don't finish it. They say, see, they said this was going to happen and it never did. They said this was going to happen and it never did. You know, that's why Brother Moore is so specific about his word being taken seriously. When he says something, he he wants to make sure not only because it's the word of the Lord through him. If this is going to happen, then it's going to happen. And we don't say, oh, oh, well, that can't happen. We might say that once. (laughs) And they say, what? Oh, yes. Yeah. That, oh, that, yes. Now that can happen. I was talking, that other, oh, but this, yes. Why? Because God told him it could. 
It doesn't matter if it looks like there's enough time. It doesn't matter if it looks like there's enough daylight. It doesn't matter if it looks like there's enough money. God told them to do it, and He gave us to them to do it with. That means it can be done. And I'm a witness to it can be. They kept saying, this church in Sarasota is going to start this day. (laughs) That's what my flesh was saying. I I had to not make provision for my flesh. (laughs) Rob can tell you, my flesh wanted to answer. I'm like, not only can it not, I'm not even going to help to make it happen that way. (laughs) That's what Dave's flesh was saying. Dave's mouth never said that. (laughs) Amen? Because I'd been here long enough to know that if they said that's going to happen, guess what? It was going to happen. I watched this church happen when when I didn't see any way it could happen. And I watched the one over at the other place happen. That's how I met them. They needed carpet, and I was in the carpet business. They said, so my, one of my salespeople came to me and says, uh, they want to be open by uh, Resurrection Sunday, and that was three weeks away. And I said, tell them no. I didn't know who, they, I didn't, I didn't know who we were talking about at that time. <laughs> but that got to my flesh. I'm like, three weeks? That's crazy. It'll take two weeks to get the carpet. Guess what? They came by and said, yeah, it'll happen here, here. And, then, and I'm like, okay. I, you know, after I found out who it was, I, I kind of got a little more diligent to make it happen. <laughs> but guess what? It did. Amen? Why? Because God told them it would. He gave them a date. He gave them a time. And it happened. Amen? Right? We're Christians. That's important stuff. Right? It's important for us to do what we say. It's important for us to be just what it says here later, the salt of the earth. Right? Not flavorless. We're always there to preserve. We're always there to bring flavor. We're always there to do what salt does. Right? If we lose our flavor, what? Then we can't do what salt does. You can call us salt all day long, but if we don't taste like salt and don't preserve like salt, we ain't salt. We're a pile of white stuff. Right? (laughs) Matthew 25 lukewarm Christians are tasteless they have they don't bring flavor they don't preserve they don't do anything amen they're tasteless they have no taste glory to God Matthew 25 verse 34 God wants us to do things. He wants us to take our opportunities. You know, remember the people that said, Lord, Lord, didn't we lay hands on the sick? Didn't we cast out demons? In Your name, didn't we prophesy? And what did He say? I don't know You. Why? Obviously, this wasn't the work He was looking for, huh? What? (laughs) Obviously, this wasn't the works that Jesus was looking for. What works was he looking for? Let's look here in Matthew 25, verse 34. And it says, The king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. What? I I was thirsty, and you gave me a word from God. I was a stranger. You prophesied over me that I'll have a place to live someday. (laughs) those don't help. (laughs) I was naked. He said, ooh. (laughs) Don't look. I was sick and you laid hands on me. That's not what it says, is it? This is all talking about love. Just plain Simple love. Right? Hmm? I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. That's an opportunity. That is an opportunity. 
And to take that opportunity, you have to be walking in the love of God. You have to be allowing that love to come up through you and flow to them. Huh? That's the only way it will have value. You can do this all day long. You can go feed a billion people. And if you don't do it in love, it's got no value. You're not going to be in this verse. (laughs) How, How do you know that, Dave? Let's finish the verse. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. This is called love. This is called love. Love, love, love. Every one of these people needed mercy. Why were you hungry? Why, why, why were you thirsty? Why were you a stranger? You had obviously done something to get yourself in that position, right? But it doesn't say that they judged them. It doesn't say that they cast them away. It says they gave them food. They gave them drink, right? And then, but the key to that is not just that. Look at verse 37. The key to it is not that they did it. It's that how they did it. It's the heart they did it. He says, then, then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, we didn't do this. These, that's love. Love doesn't need recognition. They're not looking. They're not saying, oh, yeah, that was us. Oh, oh, yeah, we fed them. We gave them a drink. They're saying, Lord, we, when did we do this? That is a heart of love. (laughs) There's too many people keeping record of their good works. And there's also too many people keeping record of their bad works. Quit keeping record at all. Right? First of all, you don't have enough pages for your bad ones. You're going to run out of lead in that pencil for sure. And you don't want to receive your reward in seeing your good works. There, this is the reward you want. Go back to verse 37. The righteous answered, Lord, when? When saw we? (laughs) When saw we? That's backwards. I'm telling you what, that King James, man. He had to watch the words coming out of his mouth. If he could have watched it, he'd have said, I just say that now. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and gave you something to drink? 38. When did we see you as a stranger and took you in or gave you clothes when you didn't have any? 39. Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you? 40. And the king shall say, Verily I say, in so much that you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Opportunities taken. These people took their opportunities. They walked. They were waiting to happen. Every Oh, need clothes? Here, I have some. What? Oh, you're thirsty. Got a bottle of water right here. Huh? These people were an opportunity. They were waiting to happen. And the opportunities came. And they did it. And what did Jesus say? You did it to me. Because you didn't do it because you wanted to be seen or recognized or you were trying to do good works. Don't go, don't go to the soup kitchen so you can tell everyone you went. Don't serve on the clean team to let people know you do. God knows what you're doing. He likes it. What more do you need? If nobody else in the world likes it, who cares? Somebody comes up to me and says, I don't like that. And God says, I do. So you're out. You lose, he wins. Amen. I don't care what you don't like, God like it. Amen? That's what made this special. It wasn't just that they did it. It's that they weren't looking for a reward for doing it, yet they got one. What? What what did he say? Verse 40. Verse 41, I'm sorry. Then shall he say to them... Oh, no, that's it. I'm sorry. Verse 40 was right. You've done it unto the least of them. You've done it unto me. Because he'd already said he'd already said it the first of it, enter into the kingdom that you've inherited. Amen. They didn't even know they had an inherited a kingdom. That's not stupid. That's love. Love's not looking for the reward. It's looking for what it can do. Right? You think the Samaritan was going, man? I bet if I help this guy, there's a big reward for it. Man, he's probably rich. Dude's rich. If I'll take him in, he gets well. Big bucks. Big bucks for the Samaritan, huh? 
Or, better yet, they'll write a parable about me, and I'll be called the Good Samaritan. Oh, man, things will be named after me. There will be billboards. Uh-uh. He did it for no other reason than love. That's the right reason. Amen? That's the right reason. Glory to God. The Lord's helping us tonight, isn't He? He's helping me anyway. I'm seeing a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so what do we got to do? We're waiting to happen, right? Second Timothy 1. How y'all, how y'all going to stay waiting to happen? Stay waiting to happen. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance of that thou stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of hands. Everybody's looking for they're prophesying, they're looking what the gift of God is your ability to love. How do you know, Dave? Okay, let's go on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll tell, show you the next verse. Verse seven. For God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. What's he saying? He's saying, I've given you the power, I've given you the love, and you ain't crazy. You ain't spooky, you ain't going out doing weird stuff. You're going to go out in my power, which is the love of God, by the way. And you're going to love people where they're at. You're not going to try and give them something they can't take. You're going to give them clothes if they don't have any. You're going to give them water if they're thirsty. Then maybe you can witness to them. But they don't care about how much the provision the Lord's going to make for them while they're hungry. Right? And everybody says, well, yeah, that's what the church ought to be doing. No, yeah, it is. You are the church. I am the church. Not the building, not the, not the congregation, people. If we take care of people, we don't need, a, a, what do they call it, benevolence fund. We are the benevolence fund. Right? And this isn't talking about people in the church. This is talking about people outside the church. He helped people in prison. They weren't in church. And I sure hope they weren't in church naked. Right? This is going out. Out of your comfort zone. Out of your flesh zone. Right? Into those nasty places. Those houses where they got so many dogs and cats. Yeah. That they that, that don't have bathrooms. I've been in them. We used to go out to minister to these kids. And you know what? You've got to go in their house. You gotta show them that you ain't afraid of who they are. Amen? Because I'll tell you who can spot a fake? Kids. You can fake them out about one time. Right? And they'll take everything you'll give them, but they don't care anything about you. If you're a fake. Amen? I've been in it. I went into one house and they had Ten layers of carpet because the carpet under it was dirty, and the tenth layer was so dirty and gross that you could barely stand to walk in there and smell. And there was kids, little bitty kids, sitting on it. And it was only a one-room house. And you want to know what was underneath the carpet? Dirt. That's exactly what was under it. Dirt. Not a floor. Dirt. It was, oh, we don't have that around here. Oh, but we do. Oh, but we do. And I'm not saying you're, that God's going to give you opportunity for that all the time, but what opportunities are we missing? Did you see somebody that needed a bottle of water? Oh, but brother, I'm in the church and I'm hurting so bad. How am I going to go help? Go help somebody. Quit looking at you. Quit looking at your situation and who ain't helping you and who ain't done this. You got as much love of God in you as I got in me. Why? Because He shed it abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Hmm. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. 
That means we have ability to, to, to take every opportunity we're given and succeed. Every person that we come in contact with, that God contacts us with, we have the ability to succeed in their life. Not only with a bottle of water, but after the bottle of water, the love of God. The love of God was in the bottle. Now, now they'll listen to who you are. Now they care. Because they know you care. Amen? It's a good thing, right? Lukewarm Christians don't do that. They're not interested in that. Why? It takes effort. I got a job. I got a family. I got kids. I got blah, blah, blah. I got it all. I got bills. Don't you know? I got problems. I can't go out helping people. Sure, you got a major problem. You're lukewarm. If you were excited, you couldn't see your problems. You'd be seeing theirs. I'd be seeing theirs. I want to stir it up. What's it say in the NIV in verse 6? First Timothy, Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.6 Remind you to fan into flame. Get on fire for God. Amen? Get on fire. And then it says fan the flame. In other words, don't just get on fire. Get hot. Get to where you want to... Every day when you wake up, you're excited because you know God is going to use you somewhere. Does anybody besides me forget that? Do you get going in your everyday life and all of a sudden you forget that you're not just here. You're here with a purpose. You're not, you weren't just put here. Everywhere you are, you're supposed to be. And everywhere you are, you have something to offer. Everywhere you are, you have something to offer. Very rarely is it a prophecy or a word. Very, 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 almost nary is it a prophecy or a word. God likes to speak to people all on His own. Right? We're not in the Old Testament anymore. Guess what? You can hear from God all by yourself. That's all I'm saying about that. Colossians 4, verse 5. We've got a lot of Scripture tonight, haven't we? God's so good to us. So good. I just know He wants us stirred up because there's people out there that are hurt. And they're not coming to the church. They're not coming. You know why? Colossians 4. We all know why. I ain't going to say it. (laughs) I'm not. I won't. I'm going to say, we walk in love. We, We take every opportunity that God gives us. We refuse to see somebody cast away. We refuse to throw someone away. We refuse to let somebody kick to the side. There's no throwaways in this earth. None. Jesus died for everyone. I heard somebody saying, even that guy? Yeah, even that guy. I don't know who you were thinking of, but yeah, even that guy. As bad as you can think of, even that guy. (laughs) Yes, he ought to. Quit talking back to me. (laughs) Colossians 4, verse 5. Be wise. In the way you act towards outsiders, uh, the uh, King James says those that are without. In other words, people that don't know God. Right? Did you change some? Oh, you changed the version. Yeah, them that are without. Go back to the other version. Yeah. Make the most of every opportunity. Who's he talking about? He's talking about you having opportunities with people that don't know God. You know, people say, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time means so very little. Right? People say, redeem the time, redeem the time, redeem the time. How how many clocks are you going to buy? 
Huh? Make the most of every opportunity. Let's make it make some real good sense down to earth, in the flesh sense. Make the most of every opportunity. Watch how you act to people that don't know God. What's he saying? You're representing me. You're representing God. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a person of God, everywhere you go, you know, one of the things that I do, no matter where I go, and I'm not saying I'm great at it, but I'm getting better at it, I represent the Moors. Everywhere I go, I represent the Moors. I can't just think about how I'm going to look, because there's times where Dave's flesh gets up, and he says, oh, yeah, we're not, we're doing it this way. Come on, bud, this is how it's going to happen. And all of a sudden, whoa, you're Dave who serves the Moors. Everything you do reflects on them. Everything we do as Christians reflects on God. If you want to know why the world doesn't think very highly of God, where are they getting their vision? I'm not saying all their visions from the church, and I'm not sure. I'm not saying that Satan didn't really help to mess it up a little bit. But it, you know what? If we do things right and we do things in love, He can't mess that up. He can't make a mess out of things done in love. Amen? So we want to be wise, making the most of every opportunity. Every part of our life, there's an opportunity for us. And, and to, to, to take our opportunities, to, to care about who we are, it's going to take the fire of God in our heart. It's going to take the excitement and the expectation. We have to go out every day waiting to happen. When somebody says, hey, what are you doing? Just waiting to happen. Man, you'll just be sitting there. This is my spot now, by the way. This is what I said every, every time I preach. So I've got to sit here one more time. What are you doing today, Dave? I'm waiting to happen. What are you going to do after that? I'm going to happen somewhere else. What's going to happen after that? I'm going to happen. God's going to bring opportunities in my life all day long to love people. God's going to bring opportunities all day long for me to do good, for me to be kind, for me not to be angry, for me not to blow up, for me to succeed in the love of God. He's going to bring me opportunities all day long. Go back to Revelation. We'll finish up there. Revelation 3, where we started. 3.15. Revelation 3.15 says, I know, I know your works. I'm not even going to talk about them. You're neither hot, you're not cold. I wish you were one or the other. That's the Dave translation. That's what it says. I'd rather you be cold than be lukewarm. Go on. 16. So then, because you're lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. In other words, I can't work with you. Amen? Man, I need a drink. I'm glad that Kim brought me this hot water at the first because it was really hot. It was really, really hot. And I needed a drink of it. Can you hold that for me? It's, it's really hot, so watch it. It's really, really hot. When we brought it out, it was really, really, really hot. Are you burning your hand? Well, feel it with your fingers. Is it hot? It was hot when we brought it out here. You mean it's not hot anymore? It was hot when we brought it out, and it's just been sitting there doing nothing, and now it's not hot anymore. That's what happens to Christians that do nothing. Amen? This was a hot cup of water when I brought it out here. But it sat around for an hour and it got lukewarm. Amen. Yeah, it's not good for anything. It just got spots on my carpet. <laughs> it's not good for anything now. It's just lukewarm water. If it were cold water, I could drink it. If it were hot water, it'd feel good on my throat. It's lukewarm. Because it ain't done anything. Right? It needs to fan the flame. It needs to sit under a flame and get hot again. It needs to sit under the Word of God. It needs to sit. It needs to go out and do something. Because that's what excites you. That's what excites me, isn't it? When we go out and God uses us, when we have an opportunity and we take it, we're like, yes! Yes! They needed $20 and I gave them 40 Yes! They needed a ride down the road and I had it. Yes! I had some extra clothes. Yes! I took them grocery shopping. Yes! 
I made them feel a little bit better about their life today. Can we stay on fire? Yes, sir. Can we fan the flame? Can we get out of our, our seats long enough? Oh, I just need a little more word. You can get a thousand hours of word, no charge. Listen to it for a thousand hours and not be fixed. You can go out and help people for one hour and begin to heal. You can go out and love on somebody for two minutes and feel better. We can go out and we can do quick response. We can go out and we can be God, be the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere we go. We can seek out the opportunities. We can look for God in everything we do. We can expect and be waiting to happen. How many people are waiting to happen in here? Stand on your feet.